Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota's Podcast Network. The Vikings traveled to London, and there was an underarching story that I did not think would happen, but it happened. We are going to talk about that next, coming up in the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Before we bring my producer, Sam Ekstrom, into the show, I have to make sure everybody knows. Download the Amazon app as well as Roku. There's a a Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon and Roku. Please download it. You can get all the videos, all the shows, all your favorites. But remember, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube as well. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder, Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are hosting and broadcasting live. You can find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Well, the Vikings traveled to London. And it was a Monday travel versus a Thursday travel. Uh, Are we going to go out and win this game or are we going to try not to lose this game? Neither coach had the right answer for the sleep because both teams seem to play just fine. The backup quarterback, though, we talked about that last week. We wanted to face Jameis Winston. We thought Jameis Winston would have made way more mistakes than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton did not make mistakes. He played a pretty carefree game. He was playing with house money. He knew that, you know what, if I go out, because I heard the announcers make a comment that Andy Dalton said, He doesn't know why he's bounced around the league so much, but he knows, you know what? I'm going to take every opportunity, and this was one of them, to show the league I still have it, and he does. I mean, he threw some nice passes. He threw some dimes to Chris Olave. Andy Dalton was a scary, sneaky opportunity that the Vikings almost let slip away. But there's a storyline that not a lot of people uh, are going to give too much praise to, and this is what I'll say. A new regime handles the kicker the right way. And what does that mean? They continue to have faith in Greg Joseph. Greg Joseph, Vikings fans have watched kickers go wide left or off the uprights for years and years. And every time that happens in the middle of a game, a field goal is missed, an extra point's missed, everybody's sitting back saying, you know what, here we go again. Yep, he missed the kick, and this is going to screw us. We should have been up four points, and now we're up three, which is going to give the, the Saints a chance to come down and beat us by scoring a touchdown and going up four, and then we have to score a touchdown, or they're going to kick a field goal to tie it. We have to go in overtime, and then we're going to lose in overtime. Like, Vikings fans, like, you look at the comment boards, the Twitter, everything, even the Vikings Instagram posts, fans were coming under there like, this game is brutal. We're going to lose this. I can't believe what's going to happen. And then the Vikings won. Why? Because of their kicker. Their kicker was never thrown to the side. We remember Daniel Carlson. We remember him going for two because he didn't trust his kicker anymore. And now look at that. New love, new life, new coach. And Greg Joseph is the hero, but he redeemed himself. A redemption story. A Vikings kicker is redeemed. I don't think we've seen that. He's redeemed. He found a way to win. Because the Carolina Panthers issues before with with BB, he redeemed himself. But we've never seen a kicker do it. And now he did it. 
The other uh, big story that we got to talk about, though, too, Justin Jefferson. Like, I honestly did not think he could go off for 10 catches, 147 yards, a touchdown on the ground. But Kevin O'Connell said, you know what? You can double, triple team, do whatever you want. I'm going to find ways to move him around to where if you do double and triple team, it's going to be so obvious that Kirk Cousins will have an easy day. And so by motion and moving and putting him in the backfield where he's one-on-one with a linebacker or a D or safety, it's tough to show your cards. You can't double team a running back. <laughs> like if you double team a running back, that's the weirdest defense I've ever seen. And so I love that Kevin O'Connell did that. The jet sweep motion when he scored a touchdown. If you double the jet sweep motion guy, it's going to show Kirk Cousins right away. So they tried to like pass it off, but then when they passed it off, there was nobody realizing is he's not just motion in a pass. He's running the ball. So there was so much sneakiness with this offense that Kevin O'Connell put together and then trusting his kicker. It's a new day. It's a new team. Like that was the reason. So for the fans that are questioning the win, it's a win. They're three and one. They're three and one. If they beat the bears and now the dolphins probably won't have Tua, they beat a Teddy Bridgewater led dolphins. They're five and one at the bye week. Nobody really picked five and one. I think we were all saying four and two because they put the Packers, Eagles as a possible, and Saints as possible losses. But now four and two at the, or five and one at the bye. Now, can't look ahead because we looked ahead with the Gophers and Purdue beat them. So we're not going to look too far ahead. But five and one at the end of the bye. I mean, I don't think you can ask for a better start other than six and oh. Five and one at the bye. With the way this team played against the Eagles and how people thought the season was over, found a way to beat the Lions, found a way to beat the Saints. This just might be a find-a-way team. They're going to find a way to get into the NFC Championship if they have to. I think this is going to be a find-a-way team. Kevin O'Connell is going to figure it out every week. It's Justin Jefferson's week. That's why I love Justin Jefferson because he didn't cry and moan and throw stuff, kick a, kick a kicking net down because he wasn't getting the ball last week. What did he do? He just went out there, played. Did the karate flip off the ground after the kneel of the ball and victory formation? And then he came out and had a 10-catch, 147-yard performance. Big, huge catch down the sideline on Marshawn Lattimore to put him into the position they were in. Biggest play of the game, in my opinion. Kirk Cousins threw an absolute strike, realizing it was man-to-man -man coverage. Great, great route call, go route. You put his guy on his guy. Your guy against my guy, let's see who's better. But Sam, that was my takeaways from the game. What were yours? Yeah, so I do still have some questions about some of the on-field stuff that's going on with this team. Mm -hmm. uh, the offense kind of, you know, going into to sleep mode there and not converting in the red zone. Defense giving up a lot in the second half. I still have questions. But I also don't want to overlook the impact of having a coach that guys seem to really want to play for, a guy that's going to encourage his kicker down the stretch and, and kind of pump up the confidence. And maybe that plays into, and it's hard to really nail down how important it is, but maybe that plays into the Vikings suddenly winning these close games at the wire instead of losing them. They're the team that's closing out the game better. And that has value in the NFL, and all the games are going to be close late. So that's huge. Um, secondly, to your first point about special teams, that's by far the best part of this Vikings team right now is the special teams. I mean, they've got yeah. what they've got a blocked field goal this year a fake punt that they converted, a forced fumble yesterday on punt coverage. They seem like they're really close to blocking punts. Um, they're really good at covering kickoffs. And Greg Joseph is kicking really well. I mean, this is just a great special teams unit, and we've seen the impact of it now two weeks in a row. 
uh, when you have that. So credit to Matt Daniels. You know, credit to Kevin O'Connell for hiring Matt Daniels. That's been a sneaky big piece of this three and one start for the Vikings. Yeah, and, and you know what? And Chris Boyd, um, just a young guy having fun. I think a lot of people. I even joked about it. Uh, that he threw his helmet off like he was Stefan Diggs winning the Super Bowl. Because you could see him, like his shoe came off at one point. Like, I don't know what. It was like, it was like you know, somebody who had a long night drinking from the time of him getting the ball to getting back to the sideline. He lost his helmet, his shoe. Like, I didn't know what was going on. It was chaos in that celebration. Um, he's lucky he didn't get a flag because you cannot throw your helmet off on the field like to celebrate that is excessive celebration. Stefan Diggs even got a flag in the Minneapolis miracle, even though it didn't matter. Um, so that's the only thing I'd say is Chris Boyd is a, is a, is a bright spot in the special teams. He plays hard. He really wants to get on the field. So that's his way right now. Uh, Lewis scene going down was tough. So now, you know, from a special teams gunner standpoint, Chris Boyd is going to have to pick up that slack uh, because Lewis scene is out. Like, you know, he's at, he has to stay in London for surgery. So who knows when he's going to even come back to the U.S. I mean, I guess they're going to have to send a private jet maybe because uh, after surgery, you don't want him on a commercial flight, you know, having to deal with all the traffic and the people and standing in line to get his ticket and all that stuff. My, I hope Ziggy Wilf or somebody's going to send a jet to go get him from London and bring him back. Um, but when you think about this team and all the pieces and Patrick Peterson, I mean, if you notice, Patrick Peterson ran over and grabbed Chris Boyd's helmet and threw it, you know, put it on his head like, hey, man, you cannot take your helmet off. What are you doing? Um, you're right. Like the, the, the special teams play has been very good. Like they, they have not had any like gashes where you're like, oh man, are you kidding me? Like they haven't had any change of like momentum. Cause if your offense goes on the scores and then, or your defense gets a stop and then there's a huge issue on special teams, whether you fumble the ball, whether your punter, you know, shanks a punt, uh, field goal gets blocked. Like a lot of that stuff can really demoralize a team and they haven't had that yet. Um, the Bears don't look like they have it together. So I just don't think this is a team that can beat them. We're going to uh, talk to a couple Bears uh, people this week um, about that. Courtney Cronin, ESPN, is going to join the show this week. And so she covers the Bears. So we'll be able to get a little insight into what the Bears are doing. But I just – I really feel like this is a 4-1 and one team. Like next week, this is a 4-1 and one team. Um, and Justin Jefferson I, at home, like I don't know <clears throat> if the Bears are going to do what the Lions did. So this could be another K.J. Osborne, Adam Thielen day, which, fine, if this is the trade-off, one week Justin, the next week those two, and one week Justin, the next week those, I think that's a formula that Keenan McCardell will take every single time. Like, hey, this is what it's going to be. We're going to go back and forth. So that triple crown that I thought Justin Jefferson was getting, it's kind of getting blurry because um, that's tough. That's mm -hmm. tough if they're going to play you like that. They're going to flat out just say Justin Jefferson's not going to beat us. That's tough. But who knows? Maybe Kevin O'Connell – is a mastermind and and he's every week sitting back, you know, like Dr. Evil. And he's gonna figure out a way to to get Justin Jefferson more targets. But Sam, before we jump into the Kamal Martin, he's gonna be joining us today. Uh just for everybody to know, Kamal Martin is gonna join us in the Hang on Ron Johnson segment, former uh Burnsville standout, former gopher, Packer, Carolina Panther. Um, he's gonna join us. But Sam, quickly before we uh get into that, my one question to you is what is your prediction for the bye week? What is their record going to be? Yeah, that Miami quarterback is kind of the big question because I do think they beat the Bears. That's one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. They're mm -hmm. going to be 4-1 going into that Miami game. So whether it's Teddy or Tua, I still think that's a really tough game. Uh, that's going to stretch your secondary. That's mm -hmm. in their house. Now Miami is coming off a loss, so they are human. I still think they're 4-2. and two. 
Um, okay. I'm going to put an L next to that game. There are concerning things with this defense that still make me a little nervous. Um, and, okay. and the offense has been, yeah, has been average. I still think there's another level to this. And the Vikings need to improve. They can't play like this all season. Uh, it's great they're winning now, though. Uh, I well, think I, like I think that. that's a loss for me. I think it's a loss mm. for me, four and two. That's a that's a. I mean, I, I I could see that, but I don't know. I just feel like if it's Teddy Bridgewater, I, I think this defense is going to dial up some stuff to get to him. And Tua, I just think I don't. I would not do that. Like after a seizure and that hit, you know, two concussions in the span of like what five days? No, he wasn't even supposed to play. He wasn't supposed to play, but we'll see what they end up doing. The Dolphins, you know, they mm-hmm. fired the, the the guy got fired that did the uh, independent uh, baseline test for him for his concussion. He was fired. So it's all going to come to light. But before we jump into this Kamal Martin segment, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts. Get your daily 30-minute dose of sports with CARE 11 sports director, uh, Reggie Wilson and going back and forth with his co-host Luke Inman. It's fast. It's fun. It's superior sports talk. Your daily Minnesota sports show. Find it by subscribing to Locked On Minnesota Sports on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And also remember Amazon and Roku as well. There's a Locked On Sports Minnesota app on there. And today's episode brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all sports wagering info. It's pro football betting. It's NCAA football betting. Looking ahead to Chicago, the Vikings are favored by a touchdown. The over-under in that game, 42-and-a-half. So the Vikings, TD favorites against the Bears. You can get football lines as well as MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and, hey, NBA and NHL is right around the corner. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And as promised, the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment is my guy, Kamal Martin. Kamal, I've watched Kamal Martin grow from a high school kid at Burnsville High School, recruited by Minnesota, um, family friends with Carter Coughlin. So Kamal kind of came right into the like sphere of friendship when I uh, met Kamal and, and Carter. And then now seeing these guys as adults, uh, they have girlfriends, fiancés now. Uh, it, it's just funny. I saw these guys out to dinner one night and it just kind of came full circle that I'm old. Um, but as I bring Kamal Martin into the Ron Johnson show, I want to thank you for joining me, man. And uh, I got to jump out there, man. So you were here this weekend for homecoming. Gophers Purdue. Uh, it, it was a trap game. Let's be honest. Everybody had Minnesota beating Purdue. Everybody had Minnesota as a favorite to be in the in the championship series, uh, top four teams. All this other jargon, and everybody's talking. And the players, we know PJ is going to do a good job of keeping the players. Uh, heads in the game, but Kamal, um, first let's talk about the atmosphere. What was that like being back for homecoming now as, a, as an alumni, as an older guy, seeing all the uh, former players come back? Man, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible atmosphere, um, as you know, and um, there's nothing like being back in that bank. There's nothing like having those juices flowing, and, and for me, I'm not too far removed. So seeing some of the guys that I played with out there making plays and, and doing what they do, man, it was just a blessing to be back. Um, as far as uh, the atmosphere and, 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 and the, the camaraderie between, you know, just the guys at the, whether it's the M club or just the guys on the sidelines, man, it's, it's like, we've, we've never took time apart. You know, it's, it's crazy, you know, the Empire class, even the class before it, 
it's like you know we could go months without talking to each other and and it's right back to it it's right back to to what we started so that was awesome yeah and you were you were a packer so you were green bay packer you were carolina panther uh but let's talk about that man growing up in burnsville playing for burnsville playing for your hometown gophers and then you go to the packers and so now you become a part of the rivalry of minnesota wisconsin uh, what was that like becoming a Packer and having to deal with like friends that are Vikings fans, but still love Kamal and want to cheer for Kamal? Uh, how was that transition going to the Packers? Man, it's one question I've never been asked so much. <laughs> it's, it was, um, it was an amazing experience. So, I mean, just the opportunity to, um, live out a dream, whether that's home state, whether that's enemy lines you know just having that opportunity to to live out my dream as you know um, as you've played quite some time in the league and and uh, it was a blessing man it was a blessing but just the friendships and, and the relationships you see the true side of it because because after i left everybody switched right back <laughs> right back to like it <laughs> so it was it was a good time but but you see the true colors when they come out <laughs> so they were excited for you to be a Carolina Panther because it's like, yes, finally we can stop cheering for the Packers. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but looking looking at the NFL as a whole, you know, you were smart, I guess I'll say, as far as you're doing it the right way. You, you took your time with your girlfriend. Now you guys are engaged, uh, taking your time getting married. But let's put yourself in college atmosphere like Tanner Morgan. Um, how hard would that have been for you to be married in college? Man, it would be very difficult, you know, just because the time that you have to grow in college is is minimized by four years, you know what I'm saying? But but Tanner, he's been there for, for quite some while. So <laughs> he's had time to mature. So if I was in Tanner's position, man, I think Tanner's such a mature guy. He's He's well beyond his years, and, and, and he's a deep man of, of his faith. So um, much respect to him and, and the decision he's made to go ahead and pursue that. Um, for me, personally, I don't think I would have been mature enough, you know, and, and that's credit to Tanner and, and how mature he is and, and how much of a leader he is at, at that quarterback position, but as well as a leader in that locker room. So. Yeah, because I had him on the uh, on my uh, the Gophers pregame show for Saturday morning, uh, and and he was my one on one interview, and we talked about that, and it was it was amazing to hear that because I mean we joke that he's you know thirty years old, but you know it's it's amazing to hear what he said. He kind of said the same thing. He's like, you know, what, I've been here forever. Uh, he was like, you know, I, we've been together for a while now. He's like, I am an older guy. You know, you got 18 year old kids coming into the building and, you know, he's an older guy. He said, been there for six years. Technically he would be like a third year NFL vet if he had just left right. college uh, after a normal four years. And so when you see all that unfold, uh, it, it does make sense because he is older. He is, it is a different, you know, life for him. He's not, you know, a guy that wants to hang out anyway, you know, so for him, I, you know, I think it was a smart move. It gives him a companion, somebody to come home to, a friend to talk to. Um, but Kamal, looking at your NFL experience, uh, going from high school to college to the NFL, uh, what was the biggest leap? Was it high school to college or college to the NFL? For me, it was, it was high school to college because, um, it's so easy to be a, a big fish in a small pond in high school. 
and then transition into to college where um, you start all over again and you have to find that dog in you you have to find that that physical um, territory where you could just dominate in and um, for me that was that was a transition that was easy for me because I was naturally you know a physical um, football player who loved the game of football and um, it's hard because if, if you don't love it it's it's very hard to transition from high school to college and and you see a lot of that with you know this transfer portal and, and a lot of guys transferring because you know they're not getting this time or that time and and it comes down to just being a dog you know it just comes down to having that that talent but also loving the game so I would definitely say high school to college yeah, and when you think about you playing quarterback, so a lot of people don't remember that. You were a high school quarterback. <laughs> I remember it uh, because I'm pretty sure, didn't you guys beat Eden Prairie? Or who did you beat your, like, one of your years, your senior year? We beat year? Rosemount. It was Rosemount. Rosemount, okay. Year. Yeah, but I say you had a good, you had a good playoff run um, at quarterback because I remember, like, is he going to play quarterback in college or is he going to play something else? Um we do a segment Monday mornings. Normally, you know, NFL-wise, called Monday Morning Quarterback. We just kind of started it, uh, you know, and it didn't happen on purpose. You just happened to be a former quarterback. If you were to see yourself in the NFL as a quarterback, uh, what NFL quarterback, you know, do you kind of watch and be like, man, I, I could have done that maybe? Man, and it's cool because I've, I've always grown up as a Cam Newton fan. You know, mm -hmm. I love watching Cam play growing up, and the opportunity to get to play with him was obviously a blessing. But you know, right, I, yeah. I try to emulate my game, um, just like Cam. Uh, if you look at my high school film, I, I had a I had a touchdown where I actually did the Superman, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I laugh now because it's just it's crazy getting the opportunity to be able to play with him. But um, you know, I, I would definitely say Cam. You know, it's 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 just a blessing to be able to play with him. You know, the way he plays the game, the love he has for the game, the way he has um, just raw talent is unbelievable. You know. And did you like when you were with the Gophers? Did you ever have that itch to want to grab the ball and you know say, hey, coach, like for 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 this team's period when you're looking for a backup quarterback, can I go in and and be the opposing you know offenses quarterback for this week? Like, did you ever have that itch to want to get behind the under center again? You know, you know, they'll never let me do that. <laughs> you know, they'll never let me do that. But um, I, I did. I I joked around all the time with, with the offensive staff and, and made jokes about, you know, goofing around saying I still have it. I still got I got some I got some arm left in me and, and whatnot. But, you know, they'll never let me go back and, and take a snap on the offensive side of the ball. And, and I fell in love with defense as soon as I stepped on the field, you know. Credit goes to Coach Sherrill's, you know, um, just having the opportunity to to get the chance to go to University of Minnesota as my only Power Five offer. You know, credit goes to, to Coach Sherrill's for believing in me, you know. So, you know, stepping on that defensive side, is it, it was awesome, and, and I would never go back to it. Yeah, when you look at, at Coach Sherrill's, you know, you were around for some of the crazy things that happened in his life. Uh, what was that like seeing him battle and, you know, get back in the office? Man, it was honestly um, the most inspiring, powerful, uplifting thing to see somebody go through something so um, tragic, but also 
change it into something so uplifting and positive in their life, not only for himself, but for us, for his linebackers, for his, for his family, for his wife, for his own parents, for his children. And um, to see something like that, man, it's, it, it, it gave us the, the mindset to say, yeah, we could, we could go through any type of adversity. We've seen somebody go through, through hell and back. And um, man, that was just such a blessing to have him in our lives and he's still in our lives and we see him very um, often. So yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah, and for those who don't know, check out you know the Mike Sherrill story. Former Gophers linebacker, also was the linebackers coach. Uh, had a life-threatening uh, issue in a hospital due to uh, negligence. To be honest, of a hospital not knowing what he's allergic to, uh, lost parts of his stomach, couldn't eat. You know, had to eat through a tube. Uh, life-threatening. You know, brother was with the Vikings at the time, so that was my connection to it. Marcus, his brother played with the Vikings, and we got the kind of the the message of hey, Marcus is going to fly back to Minnesota. Something happened to his brother. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it was, that was definitely a scary moment, I think, for everybody. Um, you were part of the transition, too. So you were there with, with Kill and Cheryl's and those coaches and then in Clay's. And then, you know, you, you get P.J. Flett and Joe Rossi and all that. Like, what was that transition like? Because it was like rubber met the road for a lot of players. But what was that roll the boat transition for you? That transition at first, it was very tough, you know, just coming from that experience, like we were just talking with Coach Cheryl's and, and creating that mm -hmm. special bond. And then and then after something completely new comes in. But, you know, I always, and I was just talking to Coach Fleck about this um, on, on Saturday. And and I said, I, I'm forever grateful for, for that staff and for him coming because they, they taught us how to be men, you know, mm -hmm. like we were just talking about about being mature and, 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 and growing into a man and, and learning how to become not only a football player and a, and a really good football player, but a really good man in life. And that, that culture there is, is imminent. It's, it's, it's advanced beyond its years and I don't see it going away for a long time. I think that that culture is, is made for winning. I think that culture is made for winning in life. Um, and, and credit goes to coach Fleck and, and a lot of credit goes to Coach Rossi too, who who helps a lot of those linebackers um, who were from that staff feel like we had that 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 promising leader again, you know. And and Coach Rossi is just such an amazing person, such an amazing coach, such an amazing teacher. And um, you know, we call him we we call him the guru. He's he's a defensive guru, and and you see that you, know, you see you see the guys out on that field. Um, Win or loss, they love to play for that man. And that speaks volume into the type of person he is. So, Yeah, and now, you know, one last question before we jump into the Daily Three. We're going to have the Daily Three. It's going to be three questions, three minutes each. So we'll both take like a minute and a half. You could take a little bit more because I know these questions are geared towards you. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to jump into the Daily Three in a minute. But last question. Uh, when you see this Gopher football program and you were one of the catalysts, you know, you – Tyler Johnson, Carter Coughlin, uh, you know, Antoine Winfield, you know, that was your, your guys's group. Uh, and you guys really like help Rashad Bateman, you know, he's a part of that. You guys really help people understand what Roll the Boat was. You guys bought prominence uh, to what PJ Fleck was trying to put together. Uh, when you look at that brotherhood of, of Antoine Winfield, you, Carter Coughlin, Tyler Johnson, all those guys, 
what what do those guys mean to you in your life? Those players, man. They mean they mean everything. You know, those guys are the the guys that I grew up with. Most of the guys you name are my roommates. You know, and 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 to be able to grow up with them, become men, um, have the opportunity to learn life lessons and play ball like i mean it's it's second to none you know we talk every single day we still have such a crazy relationship a, a lifelong friendship and it was, it was a blessing because i had the opportunity to um uh, do the captain's speech uh this past saturday and um having the opportunity to do that and talk about those guys and about the lifelong relationships and the bonds and and how those are created uh there's nothing that that could stand next to that man it's all worth it all the hard work the sweat the blood the tears man it's it's something that you can never look back and say man the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret you man you, as long as you say discipline throughout that man it's the benefits and, and the reap of the benefits and the rewards it's all worth it so love those guys yeah well, before we jump into the Daily Three, make sure you guys check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with Team Insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, but also you can download the now the Minnesota Locked On Sports app on Amazon Fire, Roku, and wherever else you find your podcast apps. Well, it's that time of the show. Sam Ekstrom's going to lead the way. The Daily Three. Take it away, Sam. Okay, before we get into the questions, I think our director, Matt, has a photo of Kamal as a senior in high school, me as just like an infant broadcaster interviewing Kamal. This is the, the South Suburban <laughs> Spotlight Show on Burnsville Community Television. Oh, We're breaking down some film. That, that standard definition, I think, that we're looking at there. Coach Tyler Krebs on the left. Um, Kamal, that, that bring you back to a, to a fun time? That brings me all the way back, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Might be breaking down some film of that Rosemount game that you guys won. That was pretty epic. I remember Corey Kallstrom catching the game-winning touchdown. Uh, anyway, I've got three questions for you. Number one. I want to touch on sort of your transition from high school quarterback to college football linebacker, I guess. When did you know you would have to switch positions? And then what did that entail to, like, shape your body the way you wanted it to look to play on the defensive side of the ball? And then, Ron, with the remaining time, I'd like to hear about any different positions you played in your high school career. Yeah, um... So, yeah, going into my junior or going into my senior year, I went to uh, University of Minnesota football camp and pretty much they set it up. So Carter and I just just battled, battled each other all camp and uh, they threw me a DN, tight end. They just made us batting rams to see if we're physical and tough enough. And at that moment, I knew that I was not playing quarterback. <laughs> I, knew that, <laughs> I knew that I was going to be either a tight end, a linebacker. Or something so yeah that's when I knew and that's when I started putting on some weight started learning how to hit and, and all that so <laughs> and you played uh, a little defense at Burnsville too right I mean it's not like you were unfamiliar with that side of the ball you were a pretty good defensive player in high school yeah we played a little bit of safety in high school just more you know you just throw your, your athletes back there at safety and let them run around a little bit so 
So you oh you played safety. I played safety a little bit my senior year. Yes, sir. Okay. But that was the only time. So not in junior, sophomore, freshman, nothing. Just quarterback. No. Nah, just quarterback. <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I don't know. Like I I I only play receiver and safety. So I was a strong safety. We kind of had a box. Uh, type of situation because in Detroit a lot of teams we had a lot of good running backs come out of Detroit uh, I mean we think about TJ Duckett uh, you, you think about uh, Will Green um, I'm trying to think who else went to Michigan State like Moss uh, we had a lot of running backs Chester Taylor um, so yeah. we had to put eight in the box so I was just one of the box guys I was a 6'2 210 pound high school kid so you know playing safety in the box was easy uh, but my freshman year I did play running back so I was a running back all my life I was short, I was big, thick, and then I grew between ninth and 10th grade, I grew six inches. I was five, six my freshman year, <clears throat> and then I was six, two <clears throat> my sophomore year. And uh, when I came back to school for summer training, um, you know, they had me with the running backs for like one day, and the var I'll never forget the coach, I think, looked at me and was like, man, see, where, where, when did this kid grow? And so I, I really only played receiver when I played, but I did, I was a, a running back all my life until I grew six inches in that summer. All right. That's good stuff. Question number two, I want to talk about superstitions. Uh, do either of you have superstitions revolving around football, whether it's pregame during the game? Uh, Kamal, we'll start with you. I did. I did. My one of my weird ones growing up uh, throughout Little League was pickle juice. I had to chug a whole <laughs> glass of pickle juice before a game. And um, that kind of stopped after high school because my dad would always make me just chug pickle juice. He didn't want me cramping out there. And um, as I started college, I was like, wow, I don't have a I don't have a superstition, really. So my superstition became my cutoff tank top under my pads. So if you ask Brady over there at Gopher Football, he knows every single time before a game I needed my cutoff pads. Or I mean cutoff tank top under my pads. It didn't have like the tassels hanging from it or anything, did it? Yeah. No, it had, it had some strings hanging from it. it and, you know, I, I, yeah, I had to get a little rowdy. So, you know, the LBs. So if you so so basically you had to make sure if he didn't have it, he had to go find a tank and make sure it was cut off. Yeah. Or you yeah, okay. <laughs> Or else I couldn't go out there. Did you warm up like shirt? Did you ever do the shirtless warm up when it was cold? Because I know Northwestern did that to you guys one year. Yeah, yeah. So that's a funny story because actually that game, Carter and I, we were like, you know what, man, let's put let's put the fear of God into these boys. So we, <laughs> it was cold, right? It was really cold. So we walked out there uh, without shirts, just started warming up and whatnot. We look back, the whole team's out there without shirts, and we're like, man, what? It was so funny, man. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that Strith coach took his shirt out. Like, that was the funniest thing ever. I was like, these dudes are super weird. Oh, man, <laughs> was that weird. was funny. Yeah. It was super weird. Like, they were chest bumping, and the weight coach took his shirt off. I'm like, these guys are going a little too far to try to prove that it's not cold. I'm like, I would have been out there in a hoodie. Like, forget that. Like, I'm going to go catch 10 balls. I'm warming up in a hoodie. Uh, for me, I, I, I guess my superstition was music. Like I always had, and see, and Kamal, you grew up in an era with like uh, uh, easy iPods, you know, iPhones that had music. You guys could warm up with the armband, like super easy warm up, 
type stuff. Yeah. Your watch could be the music and you have your head. I mean, warming up nowadays is so easy. I mean, I even saw Marvin Harrison Jr. wearing his Apple watch through most of the game a couple weeks ago. So I'm like, how easy is he having if he feels like an Apple watch is safe on a football field? But uh, for me, so this is back to the CD days. I had to have my CD player. I had to go find a CD player that didn't skip because you can't warm up with a CD player because it's going to skip. So I had to find like a skip-free CD player that could take the jogging around the field. Super horrible experience. It would fall. It would like drop down my sweatpants sometimes. And then I think my rookie in the NFL, Nike, came out with an MP3 player that they gave a lot of players, and that was the best ever. So, yeah, you got to put – and there's a funny thing. I look back, I'm like, man, that's nothing. But, like, it was like, oh, you could put 50 songs on this. And so I'm like, oh, this is this is the one. Uh, but still had the cord, like, hanging from it. There was no Bluetooth yet. So, but yeah, music was my – like, I had to have my music warming up. Like, if I didn't have music, I literally couldn't go out there. I would be late to warm-ups because I'm in the locker room trying to get my MP3 player to work. I got one more question for you guys. I am curious what it's like when you transition from your college coaching staff and get into your first pro coaching staff because you establish this college culture and this relationship with your college coach, and then you have to go into a whole new culture. So for you, Kamal, going from Fleck to Lafleur, and Ron, for you, going from Mason to Brian Billick. We'll start with Kamal. Man, it was and, – and... Ron's probably going to talk about this too, but it was, it was different. You know, it was a lot different for me because we're so used to um, such a, a, a regiment strict schedule of wake up at 5.50, have a workout, this, have check-in for lunch and do this and do that. And um, my first time transitioning from college to the NFL, it, it was like, wow, like I have, I have to do my own, you know, scheduling, I have to, I have to, I have to become my own man. And, and um, it was cool because it had, it gave me the opportunity to mature in that way. And um, I think that it's, it's a lot different because it's, it's ran like a business and, mm-hmm. and people slash coaches slash other coaches and the, and the coaching assistants, you know, they, they have families themselves. And at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a dog eat dog world. And, um, there's no red shirt. There's no year to kind of figure out what you're doing. You got to kind of hop right into it and, um, you know, hit the ground rolling. So it was, it was different for me. And, and luckily I had the opportunity to um, you know, have a good training camp. My, my rookie year, unfortunately upset with injury, but you know, it was different. It was a lot different for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say for me, um, my receivers coach, actually, it was easier leaving college going to the NFL because my receivers coach, I'd only had him for one year. Joker Phillips, if I had Joker Phillips all three years, I probably would have had a tough time, but Joker left and went to Kentucky to be the head coach. Um, and so, or no, Notre Dame, I think he went to Notre Dame to be the offensive coordinator and then went to Kentucky to be the head coach. Um, but I had uh, Rich Wilson. Uh, so he was a good coach, but he, like, because of who I was that year, my senior year, he came in and kind of really didn't, you know, he was like, well, let me know what you need. And, I'll, you know, he was trying not to rock the boat. He knew me and Joker had a great relationship. Um, Joker wasn't fired. Joker left for, you know, for a higher job. So uh, that was a tougher transition going from one coach to another in college than it was the NFL. The NFL, uh, David Shaw, who's now the head coach for Stanford, was my receivers coach. So 
Shaw was great. Like, he was already, like, mentally, we knew, like, this dude's an offensive coordinator. Like, even though he's a receivers coach, he was, like, the this before they gave everybody 50 titles, but he was a pass game coordinator. Uh, he made sure we knew. Coming in to a receiver room who had lost uh, a couple vets, and they only had Brandon Stoken and Travis Taylor, I knew right away I had to be a starting X because these both these guys were under six feet. Uh, so coming in, being the starting X, uh, I had to learn a lot quick, um, probably drinking from a fire hose, and I grew with Kamal, like, I didn't do a great job. I'll personally say looking back, I didn't do a great job of coming home and managing my time because uh, college, they make you stay for meetings. They make you stay for film study. They make you, you know, take tests. The NFL is like you practice, you lift weights, and then you're done. Like go home, like dude, figure it out. Like you got to find dinner. You got to get yourself a late lunch maybe. Um, you know, guys that are married, like he said, like they're not hanging out with you. Like <laughs> They got their own lives. Right. So you, you're kind of on your own in an island um, so you do find yourself like if you have a girlfriend spending a ton of time with her at home, uh, or if there's other rookies that don't have wives, you know, you guys are just trying to figure out stuff to do, whether it's going to the mall, playing video games. Uh, but yeah, like coming up with a study regimen, I think that was hard for me. Like just coming home, open up my playbook, getting in film. I did not do a great job of that until honestly, until my, like I started coaching for the coach. That's when I realized like this is how it goes. But yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, – it is it is tough, I'd say, from all aspects, going from college to the pros. But I want to thank Kamal Martin for joining me today on the Ron Johnson Show. Great stories. Uh, love this guy playing with the Gophers. Looking forward to seeing uh, you get back on the field once you're healthy again. Uh, but please remember, everyone, make sure you download the Amazon uh, – Locked On Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. There is an app now. Uh, but also – Check out our Locked On Sports podcast on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota when you're, when you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Thank you. Have a great day.